I did join a church. I did get baptized. I did become religious. But the truth is this. I was not changed. Then, my friends, I want to ask you today. Have you really been saved? Preaching the old-time gospel. With a fresh anointing to to a new generation. This is Saved to the Uttermost with evangelist Brian Tyndall. What does a real Christian look like? I mean, there are lots of people in churches who do and say the right thing, but inside they're the same as they ever were. Well, today, Brian Tyndall wants to paint a picture for you from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 of what a Christian really looks like. So join us now in 2 Corinthians 5, beginning at verse 17 for his message, The Biblical Portrait of a Christian. Here's Brian. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning with verse 17 and going through the end of the chapter, through verse 21. The scripture says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. For he has made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. In him. Today, I want us to think about the biblical portrait of a Christian. The biblical portrait of a Christian. You know, many times uh, we think about the word Christian and we have in our mind an understanding of what we think a Christian is. But what I've realized through the years is uh, it's not necessarily a, a uniform definition. If you go to people, in church settings, if you go to people on the street, uh, if you go to people as I've traveled around the world, and you ask them, are you a Christian? Uh, many times, matter, matter of fact, the majority of times, people will say, yes, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. But when you begin to talk to them, you realize that people have many, many different definitions of what they mean when they say, I'm a Christian. And so what I want us to do today is I want us to look at the Bible. I want us to look at the Word of God, because the Word of God gives us a definition of what a believer, what a Christian should look like. And what I want us to do today as we look at God's Word is I want us to ask ourselves, I want us to do some spiritual inventory of our Christian life, and I want us to ask ourselves, does my life, does my Christian life reflect the biblical portrait of what a Christian should look like. You see, what I've discovered through the years is I ask people, are you a Christian? Many times what they mean when they say, yes, I'm a Christian, they mean uh, I'm a church member. There's some time in my past where I have joined a, a, a religious body. I've, I've joined a church and I've become a member 
uh, of that church, of that entity, of that institution. And therefore, because I have joined the church, I'm a Christian. Or they say, well, uh, I've been baptized. There's a time in my life, either, either as an infant or, or later on in my adult life when I was baptized. And they see the identity of that baptism as the time that they became a Christian. And so they say, yes, I'm a Christian because there's been a time in my life where I was baptized. Uh, it could just be that people say, well, I'm, I'm a member of this denomination or I have this set of uh, religious uh, beliefs or moral or ethical codes. And, and I believe that anybody that follows this uh, religious belief, I believe anybody that's in this particular denomination, I believe anybody that has this particular uh, set of moral or ethical beliefs is a Christian. But what I've, I've come to understand through the years is that just because somebody is a member of a church, just because somebody can point back to a time when they have been baptized, just because somebody lives by certain uh, institutional uh, doctrinal belief or uh, moral or ethical code, that does not necessarily mean that they truly understand what it means to be a child of God, to be a true, genuine believer and follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what I want us to do today is just simply look at the Bible. And, and in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul is speaking and writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and I believe he gives us a very clear, vivid picture, biblically, of what a Christian is and what a Christian looks like. And I just want us to begin to look at that today in verse 17. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, therefore, if any man is a believer, therefore, if any man is a Christian, then he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So what the Apostle Paul literally says is, if there's anybody that truly is in Christ, if there's anybody that truly has been born again, if there's anybody that has truly experienced the new birth and has been born again of the Holy Spirit of God and has become a child of God and is living as a true believer, as a Christian, as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, this is what you can expect that person to look like. And what the Apostle Paul says is really profound. He says, when you see that person, when you see that Christian, you're going to see a new creature in Christ, a brand new person. Somebody, he says, that all the old things in their life have passed away and all things have become new. Now, I want to share with you that many of the people that I've met in my life that would tell you readily, uh, if you ask them, are you a Christian? When you begin to examine their life, when you begin to see the fruit of their life, when you begin to look at the way that they've lived their life, I just quite honestly don't see in many of these instances people that have been transformed to that degree. People that can say, uh, yes, I go to church. People that can say, yes, I'm a member of the church. People that can say, yes, I've been baptized or yes, I, I hold to this, uh, religious belief system, but I don't necessarily see people that have been changed to that point. People that could say of themselves, I have become a new creature in Christ. The old person that I used to be has died, and the person that you see before me now is a new person. All things have changed in my life. All things have become new. God has done such a powerful, regenerating work in my life. He has transformed me from the inside out. It's 
It's not just that I've had a religious experience. It's not just that I've joined a church. It's not just that I've gotten wet in the baptistry. It's not just that I'm trying to be a better moral or ethical person. I want you to know that I had an encounter with the living Lord Jesus Christ, and he has so transformed me as I put my faith in him and with his help as I have confessed and repented of my sins and turned my back on my old life and put my faith and my trust in him and in him alone, he has transformed me through the power of his Holy Spirit to the point that the old person that I used to be has literally died and this new person has been resurrected to life and I am now living as a new creature in Jesus Christ. I am a new creation. I am a new person. All things in my life have passed away and all things have become new. I want to ask you today, I want to ask you, is that your experience. If you say today, if you tell people today, I am a Christian, if you walk around with the thought in your mind, I am a Christian, I am a believer, then what I want us to do today is I want us to examine that belief through the lens of the Word of God. I want us to see not what the world says a Christian is supposed to look like, maybe not even what I have always believed a Christian is supposed to look like. But I want us to look at the Word of God, and I want us to examine our own Christian life in light of the Word of God, in light of this portrait that the Spirit of God paints through the Apostle Paul. And I want us to ask ourselves, does my Christian life look like that portrait? When somebody draws a picture, when somebody paints a picture of my life, does it look like the portrait of a believer in the New Testament. And Paul says, if your Christian life is going to look like the biblical portrait of a Christian, it must begin with an experience that has caused you to be born again. It must begin with an experience that causes you to be a new creature in Christ. Not just somebody that's trying to do better, not just somebody that's turned over a new leaf, not just somebody that's trying in their own strength to be a, a more moral person, a more ethical person, a more religious person, but you can point back to a time in your life. You can point back to a day, to a place when you had an encounter with the living Lord Jesus Christ and you confessed your sin and with help from God, you repented of your sin and you turned your back on your old life and you put your faith in Christ and in Christ alone and you've trusted him as your savior and he came into your life through the power of his Holy Spirit and you've been born again. You're not the same person. Your life is totally different. And you say, well, Brian, just because that's your experience and just because uh, uh, that's some people experience, that doesn't mean that, that that's the experience that every Christian ought to have this this life-changing experience. Well, I would say to you that that biblically speaking, I don't think that's true. I, I believe biblically speaking, every true authentic Christian has had an experience in their life that is absolutely transforming, that is absolutely what we see here in that portrait of a Christian. In fact, the Apostle Paul, the very writer of this passage of Scripture, had an experience that transformed his life. He became a new creation. All the old things in his life passed away, and all the things became new. The writer of this passage of Scripture literally experienced this new birth, literally experienced this uh, this happening in his own life. If you remember, the Apostle Paul wasn't always called Paul. Uh, when we meet him for the first time in Scripture, he has the name Saul. 
And he's not a believer. He's not a Christian. In fact, not only is he not a Christian, but he literally is a persecutor of Christians. He literally is a person that hates Jesus Christ. He's a person that, that's so mad at what's growing on, uh, as these people have, uh, have become followers of Christ and as the church is being birthed and as more people are being saved as they place their faith in Christ. He is so upset. He is so enraged by this new Christian belief system that he's literally going around trying to stop it. He's going from place to place persecuting Christians. He, he's receiving uh, permissions from governmental officials to go and to persecute believers, to persecute the church of Jesus Christ, and literally has been engaged in, in literally killing Christians and is doing everything he can to stop this new movement of Christianity. And as he is living that type of lifestyle, as he's living so alienated from God, as he's so antagonistic against the Christian faith that not only is he not a part of it, but he's fighting against it. He's doing everything he can to stomp it out. As he's going about that kind of way of living, he's going down a road that the Bible calls the Damascus Road. And he's on his way to persecute more believers. And as he's walking down that road, the scripture says that he has an encounter with the living Lord Jesus Christ. And he sees himself and his sin for what they are. And he sees Christ. Finally, the blinders are lifted. He sees Christ as the Messiah, as the Savior of the world. He sees him for who he is. And in that experience, the apostle Paul is so transformed that Literally, even his name is changed. No longer does he go by the name Saul, but now he's going by the name Paul. And this experience that he's had on the Damascus Road, it's not just some uh, momentary emotional experience. It's not just some religious experience that he's had for a day or a week or a month or a year, but his life is transformed on that Damascus Road. He encounters Christ and he sees his sin, and he sees himself in the desperate situation that he's in without Christ, and he humbles himself, and he puts his faith in Jesus Christ, and he trusts Christ. And from that moment on, this man is never going to be the same again. The old man Saul has died, and the new man Paul has begun to live. The old person and all the things that he used to be engaged in have passed away, and all things have become new. This man that used to hate Christ now is in love with Christ. This man that used to not believe in Christianity now is the greatest proponent of Christianity. This man that used to try to stop the move of the Christian uh, religion is now going and, and preaching the gospel and starting churches and is a great evangelist and missionary for the Christian faith. The old things have passed away and all things have become new. Why? Because Paul has become a Christian. He didn't just join a church. He didn't just become religious. He didn't just get baptized. He didn't just become more moral or ethical. He has had a genuine salvation experience where he met Jesus Christ and accepted him by faith as his Savior and repented of his sins. And God has done a work in his life, a saving work in his life. And Paul is now a new creation where all the old things have passed away and everything has become new. Now I want to ask you today, can you honestly point back to a day? 
Can you honestly point back to a moment in your life and say, Brian, that day, that moment in that place, I had my Damascus Road experience. I had this experience that Paul had on that Damascus Road. I might not be able to remember the exact day. I might not be able to remember all the details of what happened, but I know that I know that I know that there is a moment of time in my past when I met the Lord Jesus Christ and when I received him by faith and when I confessed and repented of my sins and he forgave me and washed me with the blood of Jesus Christ and he's caused me to be born again into his family. I'm a child of God. I know it. And the reason I know it is because he's changed my life. I'm a new creation. All the old things in my life, all the old ways that I used to be, the things I did, the way I talked, my thoughts, my desires, my actions, my dreams, my plans, my relationships, everything has changed. All things have passed away. And all things have become new in my life. I'm not the same person that I used to be because I have met Jesus Christ and I've put my faith in him and my life has been changed forever. My friends, the Bible says that that is what the portrait of a Christian looks like. He is a new creation where all things have passed away and all things have become new. And the scripture says in verse 18, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. The second thing Paul says, the second stroke that he uses to paint this portrait of what a true believer looks like, he says, there was a time when you were not reconciled to God. There was a time before you were saved when you were alienated from God, when you were enemies with God, when you were separated from God by your sin. But through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, through his death, burial, and resurrection, through his blood, through the wooing and drawing of his Holy Spirit, you have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. He, through his death, burial, and resurrection, he, through his finished work on the cross, he, through his precious blood that he shed for your sins, he, through the pulling and the wooing of his Holy Spirit, has reconciled you back to God. And you're no longer an enemy of God, but you're a friend of God. You're no longer separated from God, but you're in the family of God. You're no longer someone that doesn't know God, but you literally are a child of God. And what he calls that is, he said, you have been drawn. You have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. And then he says this, if you have been reconciled to God, then you are a person who has received the ministry of reconciliation. Now, what does he mean by that? Well, what he means is this, anybody who has truly been reconciled to God, Anybody who has truly been brought back into a right relationship with God through faith and repentance in Jesus Christ, that person now has been given the ministry 
of reconciliation. We have been given the responsibility to go into a lost world and help those who are in darkness, help those who are still in sin, help those who are still alienated from God, help those who are still blinded to the truth of the gospel, to help them to be reconciled to God through Christ, even as we have been reconciled. But you see, what I see is this. Many people who say readily, I am a Christian, the truth of the matter is when you examine their life, there is no evidence at all that they have ever helped anybody be reconciled to God. In fact, many Christians or people that claim to be Christians, when you talk to people in their community, when you talk to people that know them, they will say about that person, I don't know that that person's a real believer. They seem like a hypocrite to me. They seem like a stumbling block to me. They don't seem like somebody that's helping people come to Christ. They seem to be somebody that their life literally is a stumbling block. Their life literally keeps people from wanting to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. My friends, what about you? What does your life do? Can you honestly say that since you met Jesus Christ as your Savior, since you were born again, since you have become a child of God, since you have been born into the family of God, that you have understood and been involved in this ministry of reconciliation, that your life has been used to help reconcile those who are lost back to God through faith and repentance in Jesus Christ? The truth of the matter is many people who claim to be Christians, not only have they never helped one person be reconciled to God, many of them have no desire to be a part of the process. It's not just that they've never helped anybody be reconciled to God. They don't even have a desire to help anybody be reconciled to God. They're not even worried about those that are lost in their family. They're not even worried about those that are lost in the world. They have no concern for evangelism or missions. They have no concern for those that are outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. They don't even think about it. They don't give their money to support mission or evangelistic causes. They, they literally Literally show no concern for the lost spiritual world at all. But the truth of the matter is this. A Christian, a true, genuine, biblical Christian, is somebody who is a new creature in Christ. That person, all things in their life have passed away. All things have become new. And as a result of that genuine new birth experience, as a result of really becoming a, a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, I have been reconciled back to God. And one of the chief aims and goals and desires of my life are that others might be reconciled to him also. It's not enough that I have come to know Jesus Christ as my Savior. I want others to know him as their Savior. It's not enough that the blinders have been lifted off of my eyes. I want the blinders to be lifted off of all people's eyes. It's not enough that I have heard the good news of the gospel. I want the whole world to hear the good news of the gospel. It's not enough that I have been saved from my sins. I want the whole world to be saved from their sins. My friends, the heart of God is that he wants all people to be saved. The heart of God is that he loves the whole world. The scripture says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. 
My friends, you and I, if we are true, genuine believers in Jesus Christ, we have been changed. We are not the same person. We are a new creation in Christ. All things have passed away. All things have become new. And now it's not just that I have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, but I have become a part of this ministry of reconciliation. I'm wanting to help other people be reconciled to God. But he also says that not only have we been given the ministry of reconciliation, but that we've been given the ministry of the word. We've been given the ministry of the word. The scripture says in verse 18, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. We've been given the ministry of the word of reconciliation. And that simply means this, that the word of God has been revealed to us. The gospel has been revealed to us. And through that gospel, we have placed our faith in Jesus Christ. We have come to know the truth of Jesus Christ. We have come to know that he died for us on a cross, that he was buried, that he rose again from the dead, that he ascended into heaven, that he's seated at the right hand of the Father, that he's coming back in glory and great power. We have heard the word of God. We have heard the truth of the gospel and our lives have been transformed by that word. And now as a believer, as a true follower of Jesus Christ, as a Christian, I've been given the ministry of this word of reconciliation. It's not just enough that I have understood the gospel, but now I'm going to share the gospel. It's not just enough that I understand the teachings of the scripture, but now I'm going to be used of God to share that truth in whatever way that I can and in whose ever life that I might have an open door to. And I don't mean by that that we're all going to become, uh, you know, evangelists that go and preach to people in crusades and in stadiums. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the scripture says that a Christian is somebody that's been given the ministry of the word of reconciliation. It's not just pastors. It's not just those that, that have been the seminary. It's not just those that feel called into some special full-time vocational ministry. No, the scripture says that every believer, every person that has become a new creature in Christ, every person that's been reconciled to God has become a person who is involved in the ministry of reconciliation and who is involved in the ministry of the word of reconciliation. And you know where that begins? It begins right in our own home. It begins right in our own home. If I have become a believer, then I'm concerned for my wife. I'm concerned for my children. I'm concerned for my mother, my father, my brothers, my sisters, my aunts, my uncles. I'm concerned about the people in my own family that are still not believers. And just as somebody ministered the word of God to me and God used that word to help reconcile me to God through faith and repentance in Jesus Christ, I want to be a part of that word of ministry of reconciliation. I want to be a part of getting that gospel to people that need the gospel. And that begins right in my own home. 
And then it extends out to my circles of influence around me, to my neighbors, to my coworkers, to my classmates. And then it goes even further than that because the scripture says that once we have been filled with the Spirit of God, that we're going to become His witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and literally to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so now that I'm a believer, a Christian is a person who understands that they've been reconciled to God and they want to be involved in helping others be reconciled to God. They realize that they have been given the word of reconciliation and they want to be involved in helping to make sure that other people receive that word, that gospel of reconciliation. I want to ask you today, as Paul paints this portrait of what a Christian looks like, as Paul paints this portrait, this biblical portrait of what a believer looks like, a person who's really been born again, a person who's a genuine follower and disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, does this portrait look like you? Can you say beyond any shadow of a doubt, Brian, I am a new creation? Brian, I have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. And one of the ways that you know that I've been reconciled to God is that I have become a part of helping other people to be reconciled to him. I want to be involved in this ministry of reconciliation. I want to be involved in this word of reconciliation and sharing the word of God, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe in evangelism and missions. I believe in outreach. I believe in going and doing all that we can to reach a lost world for Jesus Christ before it's eternally too late. That is one of my heartbeats. That is one of my desires. Even as God so loved the world, I love the world because he first loved me. Even as he goes to seek and to save that which is lost because he has transformed my life, I want to be used to go and to seek and to save and to help those people come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ as well. My friends, is that what you look like today? But the scripture goes on. He says in verse 20, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. Now the third thing he says, the third stroke of his paintbrush, if you will, is the stroke of ambassador. He says, not only is a a Christian a new creation, not only is a Christian someone that all things have passed away and all things have become new, they are a new creation in Jesus Christ, but they're also, they've been reconciled to God. They've been brought into a right relationship with God through faith and repentance, and they have become ministers of this reconciliation. They are helping others to be reconciled to God through faith, through repentance, through sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with others. And then he says, and they have become ambassadors of Jesus Christ. A Christian, according to the word of God, according to the apostle Paul writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, a Christian is an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Now, first, let's just think, what what is an ambassador? When we think of an ambassador, uh, just in, in regular human terms, when we think of an ambassador, what do we think of? Well, I, I live in the United States, and I have had the opportunity to travel to many countries around the world, and I know that the United States has ambassadors. The United States has ambassadors. And what an ambassador is and what an ambassador does, it's a person that is chosen by the government of the United States and sends them to a foreign country, 
and they live in that foreign country. It's not the country of their birth. It's not the uh, country, uh, you know, that they speak that language as their first language. It's, it's a foreign land. But the ambassador, as an American citizen, is sent by the government and lives in this foreign land, in this foreign country, amongst foreign people. And he represents America in that foreign land. He represents America to that foreign people. Now, God says, as a Christian, you have become an ambassador of Jesus Christ. You see, once we were saved, we became a citizen of heaven. We're not just citizens. If we're Christians, we're not just citizens of the country that we live in. We're no longer, I'm no longer just an American citizen. I have become a citizen of heaven. The apostle Paul says this about himself. He was a Roman citizen. When you think of, uh, from a human perspective, he was a Roman citizen, which during his day came with a lot of privilege and power. Being a Roman citizen was something to be proud of. But Paul says in the book of Philippians, I don't just consider myself to be a Roman citizen, but because I have been saved, because I'm a Christian, because I'm a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, I am now a citizen of heaven. He says, my citizenship is in heaven. And he recognized that not only was his citizenship in heaven, but that Jesus Christ had sent him, had put him in this earth at this time and place to be an ambassador for heaven, to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. So Paul realized I'm not here on this earth just to do what I want to do. I'm not here on this earth just to be a Roman citizen and take advantage of all the privileges of being a Roman citizen. I'm not here at this time and place on earth just to live out the desires of my flesh, just to make money, just to waste my life in human physical pleasure. I'm not here just to do whatever I want to do and live my life any way that I want to live it. He said, I'm a Christian. I am a child of God. I have been transformed on the Damascus road from a person that was lost to a person that was saved. I have become a new creature in Jesus Christ. All things have passed away. All things have become new. I have been reconciled to God. I'm no longer alienated from him. I'm no longer separated from him by my sin, but I have been reconciled to God through Christ and what he did on the cross and through his shed blood. And I've become a minister of reconciliation. My life is about helping those that are lost come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. My life is about helping those who do not know the truth of the gospel to be exposed to the truth of the gospel. I want everybody to be reconciled to God like I have been reconciled to God. And then he says, my life is no longer my own. My life is no longer my own. I'm an ambassador of Jesus Christ. I'm no longer here just to do whatever I want to do. I'm here to do what Christ wants me to do. I'm no longer here just to live like I want to live in the flesh. I'm here to live the way Christ would live. I'm not here just to represent myself or my desires or my thoughts or my opinions. I have been placed here in this time, in this geographical location, at this moment in history, In God's divine plan, he's placed me here to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ, to represent Christ, to represent his kingdom, to represent his word, to represent his church to a lost 
and dying world. My friends, is that what you see yourself as? Do you see yourself as an ambassador of Jesus Christ? Can you honestly say that when you examine your own Christian life and when others around you look at the fruit that your life produces, can you honestly say, my life represents a life that is an ambassador of Jesus Christ? Or is the truth that you say that you're a Christian, you even believe that you're a Christian, but when you examine your own life, if you're honest with yourself, as you examine your life through the Word of God and through the light of the Holy Spirit, you say, Brian, I have always believed myself to be a Christian, but the truth is I don't see myself as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. I'm not a good ambassador of Jesus Christ. In fact, I'm living this life for myself. I'm living this life for money. I'm living this life for materialism. I'm living this life for physical pleasure. I'm living this life for myself. The truth is, Brian, I did join a church. I did get baptized. I did become religious. But the truth is this. I was not changed. I was not reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. And I certainly am not being used to help reconcile other people to God. And I certainly don't look like or act like an ambassador of Jesus Christ. I'm not speaking for him. I'm not acting like he would act. I'm not living like he would live. I'm not being his mouth, his hands, his feet, his heart, his voice. Then, my friends, I want to ask you today, have you really been born again? Have you really been saved? Or have you just had a religious experience or a, uh, you know, just, just a, a change that, that was more driven by your own strength, your own ability? You, you just tried to turn over a new leaf. You just tried to be a better moral, ethical person. You just tried to join a, a certain denomination or religion to identify with that. But there's never been a real spiritual birth. There's never really been a time where you were born again through the Spirit of Almighty God. There's never been a time where you truly humbled yourself and placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and repented of your sins and were forgiven and washed with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, will you trust Him today? Will you say, Brian, I'm tired of just saying that I'm a Christian. I'm tired of just trying to live up to some religious standard that I can't live up to in my own strength. I'm tired of just trying to be a better person. I want to know Jesus Christ. I want to be born again. I want to be a child of God. I want to be in the family of God. I want to know what Paul knew on that Damascus road, and that is what it's like to have your life changed completely. I want to know what it's like to lay my head on my pillow at night and to have the assurance that I've been reconciled to God and that I have become a person that is involved in helping reconcile other people to God. Brian, I want to not just live for myself in this life and for physical things and for, for things that are not going to last but I want to live my life as an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want my life to make an eternal difference. My friends, you can know him today through faith and repentance if you'll cry out to him. But you know, there's one more thing, and it's a very powerful stroke of Paul's brush under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit as he paints this biblical portrait of what a Christian is and what a Christian looks like. In verse 21, the last verse of chapter 5, Paul 
pens these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, for he hath made him to be sin for us. Who is he talking about there? He's talking about Jesus Christ. He says, for he has made Jesus Christ to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, friends, there's a lot of powerful verses in the Bible, but I can assure you that there is no verse in that Bible more powerful than this verse, because this is the thought that is communicated in this verse of Scripture. This is the portrait that's painted in this stroke of Paul's brush is this, that a Christian is somebody that Jesus Christ has become their sin and that he has made them his righteousness. You see, what we see here is not just that a Christian is somebody that Christ has died for. A Christian is not just somebody that that believes that Christ died for them. He's not somebody that just believes in the historical death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's not somebody that's just joined a church. He's not somebody that's just been wed in a baptistry. He's not somebody that's just turned over a new leaf or adopted a new ethical or moral code. A Christian is somebody that Jesus Christ has become their sin. Notice he doesn't say a Christian is somebody that Christ has died for their sin. He did die for our sin, but he says more than that. He says he's not just somebody that Christ died for their sin. He's not just somebody that has forgiven their sin. He says, if you are a believer, then Christ has literally become your sin. He has become your sin, in order that you might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. My friends, do you hear what Paul says? Do you see this picture, this portrait of what a Christian is? Paul says, you want to know what a Christian is? A Christian is somebody that Jesus Christ has become their sin, and he has made them his righteousness. A Christian is somebody that Christ has been made their sin so that he might make them his righteousness. My friends, I want to ask you today, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, the next two or three minutes, because I'm closing, might be the most important two or three minutes of your life. Can you honestly say today before God, in your heart, as the word of God speaks to you, as the spirit of God ministers this word and this truth to your heart, can you say before God today in all honesty, in all assurance, today I know that I know that I know that Jesus Christ has been made my sin. Not just that he died 2,000 years ago on a cross. Not just that he loves sinners. Not just that he's willing to forgive. I know that I know that I know that Jesus Christ has been made my sin. And I know that he has made me his righteousness. I know that I have the righteousness of God. I know that I'm clothed with the righteousness of God through the work of Jesus Christ. 
I know that when judgment day comes and I stand before God, that he is not going to see my sin because my sin has been taken by Jesus Christ. My sin has been died for by Jesus Christ. My sin has been washed and cleansed with the blood of Jesus Christ. My sin has been paid for. My sin has been nailed to the cross. My sin has been taken by Jesus. And when I stand before God on judgment day, he's not going to see the sinner that I am, but he's going to see the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He's going to see that I'm clothed in the righteousness of God because there was a day when my life was transformed. There was a day when I placed my faith in Jesus Christ, when I repented of my sins, and when I was born again by the Spirit of God. I ask you today, my friend, when you look at that biblical portrait of a Christian and you see Paul painting those strokes of what a Christian is, that he's a new creature where all things have passed away and all things have become new. And you look at that portrait and you see that a Christian, somebody that's been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ and has become a person that helps other people be reconciled to God. And when you see that a Christian is an ambassador of Jesus Christ, somebody that lives their life not for themselves or the things of this world, but a Christian is somebody that lives their life for Jesus Christ, representing him and his word and his kingdom and his church to a lost world. And when you see that a Christian is a person that Christ has literally taken their sin upon himself. He has become their sin, and he has literally clothed them with the righteousness of God. Can you say amen, amen, and amen? That describes me. That portrait looks like me. That portrait looks like my life because I once was lost, but I'm a new creature. I once had all of these old things that shouldn't be in my life, and they've passed away, and all things have been made new. I used to be that person, Brian, that was an enemy of God, that was alienated from God, that was separated from God by my sin. But I thank God today that I can say with all assurance that I have been reconciled back into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And Brian, it's a a joy and a privilege to live every day of my life as a person that wants to help other people be reconciled to God. Brian, I can say today that as much as I love my country, whatever country that I live in, as patriotic as I am, I am thankful today that Jesus Christ has set me free and that above being a citizen of whatever country it is, that I can say today with all assurance that I am a child of God and that my citizenship is in heaven And that I live every day of my life, not for myself, but I live every day of my life as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. My friends, I pray today, I pray today that if you look at this passage of Scripture and if the Holy Spirit of God shines the light of His Spirit on your heart and you say, Brian, I just can't say that. I just can't say that my Christian life looks like this. Then I pray today that you would be willing to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and that you would be willing to fall on your face 
and that you would be willing to confess your sin and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin. The scripture says in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. My friends, if you will fall on your face today in sincerity and repentance, and if you'll confess your sin, he'll forgive you. And ask him to give you the strength that you need spiritually to turn away from that sin and to go in the direction that he would have you to go. And my friends, trust him today. Put a childlike faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Throw yourself on the mercy of Christ and say, Lord, from this day forward, I will never have confidence. I will never put my hope in anything other than Jesus Christ and what he did for me on Calvary's cross. And I'm asking you today to give me your free gift of salvation. I'm putting my faith in you and in you alone, and I'm trusting you as my Savior. I want to be born again. I want to be made a new creature in Jesus Christ. My friends, I pray today that the Word of God has spoken to your heart, and I pray that none of us will grieve the Holy Spirit, but that all of us will be sensitive to what the Spirit's saying through these verses, and that all of us will allow God to do a work in our life a saving, transforming work where we will say from this day forward, I have had a Damascus Road experience. I'm not the person I used to be. I have been changed, forever more changed. Jesus Christ is my Savior, and I am his child, and I will follow him all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. A real Christian with real change results from a real relationship with Jesus Christ. This is the program Save to the Uttermost, and you've been listening to a message from evangelist Brian Tyndall entitled, The Biblical Portrait of a Christian. And if you'd like to receive a CD copy of this message, simply visit uttermostevangelism.org for details on how to order. That website again is uttermostevangelism.org. If you prefer to write us, simply send a letter to Uttermost Evangelism, P.O. Box 7, Pontotoc, Mississippi, 38863. That's P.O. Box 7, Pontotoc, it's spelled P-O-N-T-O-T-O-C, Mississippi, zip code 38863. You can also phone us at 662-372-1912. That's 662-372-1912. As Brian shared today, you may have been prompted by the Holy Spirit to get right with God. And if you've never come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ, we'd like to send you a free resource by Brian entitled Salvation, Man's Greatest Need, God's Greatest Gift. This book examines the five aspects of salvation, why all people need to be saved, how God has made our salvation possible, why anyone can be saved, what salvation really is, and how we receive God's gift of salvation. Just contact us and we'll send you a copy of the book absolutely free as our gift to you. Brian Tyndall is the founder and president of Uttermost Evangelism. Brian has been preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ for over 25 years and has pastored churches and preached revivals and evangelistic meetings in the United States and in Europe. In fact, Brian and his family served for eight years as church planting missionaries in Romania and planted five churches there. 
Today, Brian ministers through Uttermost Evangelism as a full-time missionary evangelist. Uttermost Evangelism and the Save to the Uttermost broadcast are funded by the generous gifts of people just like you. Your support helps further kingdom growth. Send your tax-deductible donation to P.O. Box 7, Pontotoc, Mississippi, 38863, or visit uttermostevangelism.org. Thanks for listening today, and join us again next time. And remember, Jesus is able to save to the uttermost those that come to God through Him. God bless. Save to the Uttermost is provided by Uttermost Evangelism, Pontotoc, Mississippi.